0: Good, would you say hallelujah? Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. God is up to something good. I just thought about how He brought us through this week with all the storms and tornadoes all around us. I was on the way to church the other day during that storm on Tuesday, I believe. And we came back the same way about a half hour later. It had been torn up by tornadoes all down 896. And I said, God, you kept that behind me. A good ten minutes, it would have been a different story. That's God always doing something good, amen? What a mighty God we serve, brothers and sisters. I'm not ashamed to say, God is a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. We have a wonderful psalm here that talks about our mighty God and his goodness, his power. Psalm 9 says, I will give thanks unto Jehovah with all my heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and exult in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish at thy presence, for thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou sittest in the throne judging righteously, thou hast rebuked the nations. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast blotted out their name forever and forever. The enemy are come to an end. They are desolate forever. And the cities which thou hast overthrown, the very remembrance of them is perished from the world. And God will judge the world in righteousness. He will minister judgment to the people in righteousness. Jehovah also will be a high tower for the oppressed, a high tower in times of trouble. That's our God. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Jehovah, has not forsaken them that seek thee. So sing praises to Jehovah, who dwelleth, <clears throat> who dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. Behold my affliction, O God, which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou that liftest me up from the gates of death and the gates of the daughter of Zion, I will rejoice in my salvation. Can we go to our mighty God in prayer, brothers and sisters? Dear Lord, we just want to thank you for being our God, for loving us the way you do that no one else loves us like you, God. You are the lover of our souls. And we thank you, dear God, that you have watched over us throughout our lives and throughout this week. Lord, we thank you for keeping us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. As you promised, you gave your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. They bore us up in their hands so that we would not dash our foot against the stones of life's adversity this week. You are a good God. David said, be thankful unto him. And bless his name. for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. We thank you, dear Lord, with all that's going on around us. To know that you've got our back. You are looking out for us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And your word says, every tongue that rise up against us in judgment, you will condemn. We're glad, Lord, because you are our Father. And it is in you that we live. It is in you that we move. It is in you that we have our being. So, Lord, watch out for us throughout the rest of this week, this new week, and the rest of our lives. Our eyes are upon you, as Jehoshaphat said. And, Lord, as you reassured him, we feel the same reassurance that we will not have to fight these battles, for the battle is the Lord's. It's not ours. We're trusting you, O God. Bless all our Christian brothers and sisters throughout the world, not just here at Christ the Cornerstone. Lord, please bless us here. Bless our elderly, our children, the more vulnerable. We need your help, God. We, we're, we're a needy people. We need you, Lord. And you said, in the day of trouble, call upon you and you will answer us. And then we shall go and glorify you. Well, Heavenly Father, we glorify you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Hey CTC family, I'm Lynn and here's this week's news. Many of you have participated in the Financial Peace University groups. Almost six million people have taken the FPU course and discovered the right way to manage money by learning the timeless principles of paying off debt, saving for emergencies, and investing in the future. We're excited to be able to offer FPU classes online this fall. Beginning Sunday, September 27th, and continuing through November 22nd, Down Waters and Kent Stas will be facilitating this study. For more information, contact the church office, and we will get you connected. On Monday, August 3rd, we began our new office schedule. The church offices will now be closed on Mondays and open Tuesday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also send an email to prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week.
3: Music is so catchy, I'm dancing to it. Good morning, everybody. So wonderful to see you here today. Thank God that you're here, and it's great to be in the house of the Lord. If you're watching, Online, we're so glad that you're here with us today, and we pray that God is present with you. We know that God is with you today as we worship God together. At Christ the Cornerstone, we believe that following Jesus is not just a journey that we take alone. We've got to come together in the name of Jesus and encourage each other as we follow Christ. One of the things, one of the ways that we do that is by gathering together in small groups, and I know that many of you are already in small groups, but it is so crucial. As we walk together, following Christ, we 've got to be involved in a small group later this, after, later this evening, at 5: 30. I know it's during supper time, but I 'll give you a little snack uh, to get you through. But if, if you're not a member of this congregation and you would like to learn more about what it means to be a member of Christ the Cornerstone, I'm uh, Pastor Sharon from the Ellesmere campus, and I are hosting uh, a membership class uh, on Zoom. And if you want that, you can just comment. Uh, uh, One of the ways you can comment, and we'll send you the Zoom link, or if you want to meet in person, we'll be at the Ellesmere campus this evening at 5.30. We'll be done about 7 o'clock, and uh, we've got that coming uh, this evening. Jesus teaches us also to serve others, and it's been exciting this week, as Pastor Vaughn talked about the tornadoes that have come. It's been exciting to see the ways that people from our community, and especially from our church, have been reaching out to serve others. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that uh, today. But if, you, if you're willing to volunteer in some way, uh, our Lynn Poindexter, who you just saw on the screen, uh, she's our serving Ministries coordinator or director. And uh, she's gathering names of people who have skills that would be willing to help repair things. And if you haven't already, send a message to her and you're willing to, uh, to help out some of these families whose homes have been damaged. Uh, we're making a list of people who are willing to help so that when somebody calls and says, I could use somebody to do this, we might be able to get in touch with you or at least connect the two together so that you can do that if you want to uh, serve that way. And, of course, we, we encourage being generous here at Christ the Cornerstone. If you want to give uh, to specific needs uh, of our community, you can mark that as you give it, either online or on an envelope uh, uh, here, just tornado repairs or something like that storm help I don't know whatever you want to mark it as we'll make sure that any any of those contributions marked like that will be set aside to help families in our area and uh, this is this has been a tremendous uh, year hasn't it (laughs) Lord help us all in this and uh, we, we we need to work together so please be generous uh, in in that trusting God with what God has given to you and being generous with that. So we take time during our services. If you're here in the room and you want to give uh, cash or a check here, there are envelopes on the table uh, by the door as you leave and a basket by the door where you can fill out that envelope and place it in there. Also use that to tell us about prayer requests that you have. If you're online, you can use the connect card online. Go to ctcde.net. Fill out the Connect card there, and there's a place for you to write uh, prayer requests at the bottom of that form. So glad that you're here with us today. I invite you here, if you would, let's stand again, and let's continue to worship God, uh, singing and praising our Lord together. We
4: serve a God who is a way maker. We serve a God who is a miracle worker. We serve a God who is a promise keeper. We serve a God who is a light in the darkest place. We serve a God who is here right in our midst. And He's working. He's healing hearts. He's turning lives around. And even when we don't see Him, even when we don't feel Him, He is always working. Because He never, never, never stops working. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. You are here.
5: know we serve a risen savior, that God is a promise keeper. He's a way maker. He's a light out of darkness. How many of you know that all of us should probably be sleeping in our graves without a chance for hope and eternal life? How many of you know that? But it's because God, but God, he loves us. He is faithful to us. He is just to forgive our sins. And we look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for bringing us out, Father God. We thank you that even through the longest tornado in the history of state of Delaware that no one was killed, that every life was saved. We thank you, Father God, for being our provider, for being our keeper, for loving us for being faithful to us, Father God. Father God, I ask that in the name of Jesus that we begin to be faithful to you, that we increase our spiritual faith, that just like when we turn on the light switch and expect the lights to come on, that when we tap into you and your power, Father God, that we expect you to show up in our lives in ways that we cannot even imagine. We ask this in Jesus' name. And we ask that, Father God, as we begin to feast on your word, which is a spiritual all-you-can-eat buffet for our souls, that we expect to leave this place, Father God, changed forever, that we go into the world and be the light of the world, Father God. We thank you for our man servant, our pastor. You've prepared him, Father God. You've prepared him for this moment. You've prepared words for him to give us. That will change us so we thank you father god we have faith in all that you're doing in our lives and just like you brought us out of this storm as you prepare us for the next storm because there will be other storms father god we just thank you for keep on making a way for us we thank you lord we'll always praise you we'll do what you say do when you say do it and how you want it done So thank you for your word. Thank you for being our way maker. And thank you for being the light out of darkness. In Jesus' name we pray.
3: Change is normal. And uh, remember, uh, in 2002, the first television show came out called Makeover or, or Extreme Makeover or something like that. And I, I think it, when it first came out, they were doing clothes or I don't know what they were doing, people's lives and whatever. I think probably the most popular one that went big was Extreme Home Makeover or Extreme Makeover Home Edition with Ty Pennington. And, of course, that was in the 90s. And, if you know, some of us were a lot younger Back in the 90s and all that stuff. Uh, what kind of, what kind of makeover shows do you remember happening? And if you're online, you can post, post the answer to your question. I got another question for you. Change is a normal part of life. And as long as the earth remains, there will be change in our lives. So let me ask you this question on a scale of one to ten and we all got digits. And if you're online, you can post your answer to this question on a scale of one to ten. One meaning that you absolutely detest change and you resist change of any kind. You're just against it all the way. That's, that's a one. Or ten being, I love change. Bring it on. How well do you handle change? Here in the room, let me see, let me see your fingers. Eight, five, right in the middle. And if you're online, go ahead and post your, post your answers. To that, some of you like change, and that's that's a good thing. Some of you don't like change at all. Change is often difficult for us to answer. We're going to look at some uh, character in the Bible who 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 was in the midst of a tremendous change. And as we're uh, going through this week, oh my gosh, uh, what kind of a change have we had to endure just this year? The whole world has changed, hasn't it? Our whole schedules have changed. Our whole philosophies about how to educate our children and how to live together as, a, as families and work together has had to change. And, and if we're resistant to those changes, um, well, there's some consequences <laughs> that come to that resistance. And there are some consequences that come just because we make the changes. I was uh, on on a Wednesday evening, you know, some changes we we can tolerate. We anticipate the changes and we know like children are growing up. Well, we change our children's diapers when that's necessary and that's a good change. That's one of the changes that we like unless you're the parent doing it in the middle of the night and you don't want to do it. But then again, the child is so happy to have that diaper changed. And uh, so there are changes that are really good. But we also understand that just growing up brings changes to our lives. There are times when we look forward to that. Young people look forward to being older and mature. And then mature people look forward to being younger. <laughs> but that doesn't happen. But every day is a constant change that we must, we must face. And then there are changes that are unexpected like this week. And uh, you know, the, the the you know, we we thank God for the protection that we have. And I, I remember being the pastor of a church probably ten or fifteen years ago, and there was a gentleman, a mature gentleman, in the church, and the the the, the spiritual question that he wrestled with God was this one: Why? What does it say about God? That I, when a tornado comes, and this is upstate New York, so this, you know, I'm not making a direct reference to this week, but obviously I I thought about this man this week. What does it say about God when I know a tornado is coming and I pray for God to protect my family and my home and the tornado comes and my house is still standing, but my neighbor's house is totally destroyed? Who? Who does God love? We have to be careful when we deal with some of these changes that we don't say, well, God obviously loves me and not them. That's not true. And Pastor Vaughn, I know you're not saying that. You don't believe that you believe that God loves everybody and we need to thank God for the the, that my house is still standing. And we also can thank God that there are people to help that family next door. And I'm so grateful, as I mentioned earlier, the ways that members of this community and congregation have been out and doing that. And uh, some of you are here in the room. Some of you have skills that I know of construction and you've already been out there helping your neighbors Cutting down trees and repairing electricity and doing those kinds of things i can 't do that. We went to Haiti a couple of years ago with the youth group in the church and and uh, we, had, we had we had to stay some extra days and it was hot hot hot, hot hot in haiti <laughs> and and to occupy our time, there was a ditch that needed to be needed to be dug so that the missionary that we were helping could build a a wall there. And it wasn't one of the tasks that was assigned to us, but since we had to stay there some extra days, I decided we needed that structure as we were waiting for the political unrest to calm down so that we could get out of Haiti. And uh, so I said to the group, let's keep working on, on this thing. And every time I went out to work on this ditch, I could I could work about five minutes, and then I was done and and there was a there there were others who were there who were able to work 5 10 15 30 minutes just whacking away at that Haitian soil and trying to get this thing dug but i just didn't have the physical stamina to do that kind of work that much cuz a, a, a pastor okay i ride my bike and i have i get aerobic exercise but that that constant muscle work like that is has, is not part of my it's not part of my normal work. It's not part of my routine. So this this body, I'm sorry to say, doesn't have that kind of physical stamina. And I'm grateful for those people who are able to get out there and do those kinds of things and keep doing it over and over. And uh, but but we kind of lost my place, didn't I? We <laughs> we'll get back. I'm so grateful for the way that this community has come together while we've been dealing with these changes in it. One of the things that I was able to do, and, and Tim uh, Slagle and Daniel Carroll and I uh, did this, and, and uh, on Wednesday morning I came to work and, uh, with, the, with the idea, and I hope it was from God. It wasn't certainly to, to lift us up, but I felt like we as a congregation needed to do something to respond, so... In the afternoon, we, we took the Hope truck and went to BJ's, and we loaded it up with 40 cases of water. And uh, I was going to get 60 bags of ice. I'm glad we only ended up with 20, because we didn't have enough coolers to, to carry 60 bags of ice. Um, we had barely enough for, for 20. And we just went through some of the neighborhoods that have been damaged and gave water away and some ice away to families. Unfortunately... Uh, we didn't give, it was hard to give away the ice because the power was already on for many of the homes that we went to, and uh, but we did we, we met two people who really s- struck a chord with me. both of them their homes were severely damaged that they could no longer live in those homes and The, the one father told me about his fourteen year old son who was trying to get down into the basement where the rest of the family was. He was up in his bedroom on the second floor of the house. Just as he got to the top of the stairs, the tornado took the roof off the house in, in the only place. And so he just cowered down and hunkered down right there at the top of the stairs. And that's where he stayed during as the tornado passed over. rest of the family was downstairs. And that father, when I asked him, how are you doing? He says, well, physically, we're doing pretty fine. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure mentally how I'm doing with this. I'm pretty shook up by that. That, that should shake anybody up. That's frightening. The son is fine. And, and the family is working through that. Then, then we went around the street and, and met another family who uh, most of the neighbors, they had power in the neighborhood. But this this house, they couldn't turn the power on to it because of the wiring was was messed up. And um, the dad told me that his again, his 14 year old son, his bedroom, the roof was torn off his bedroom. And one one of the walls, exterior walls had been blown away and everything that the son owned was was gone. And you know, 14-year-old boys, like most 14-year-olds, that bedroom is a sacred space to them. It's a private space, and for them to have that ripped apart and taken away like that is a is a devastating thing. So these are some of the changes that we've certainly felt this week. That that these are changes that nobody expects, but change is normal in life. Let to look at Genesis chapter six, verses. Uh, check actually. Uh, we're looking at the whole story of Noah, Noah and the ark. It's Genesis chapter six through chapter eight. We're not going to read the whole thing, but I hope you're familiar with the story. At least you've heard it, that God was so displeased with the wickedness of humanity that he said, I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm just going to wipe everything out and start all over again. But God found favor in a man named Noah. And so God came to Noah and said, I want you to build build a, a huge boat called an ark. An ark is simply a a vessel, something that holds something inside it, a chest, um, a box. And and that's basically what an ark is. So God says, build this huge box. Which, by the way, we we think of the Titanic and how big of a ship that was. Noah's ark was only one third the size of the Titanic. And we think of it yet the ark was longer than a, I think it was long, three football fields or something like that. It was, it was a big, massive thing. So, tell you how big the Titanic was, and Noah's ark was, was even smaller than that. But in, in this chapter, uh, we read verses five through eight in, uh, chapter six. And, uh, well, the whole story, let me back up. I, I, let's go to chapter eight in the book of Genesis and read the end of the story. Um, Genesis eight thirteen through twenty two. So I'm I'm reading uh, chapter thir- eight verse starting with verse thirteen. And I know, good grief, who put my Bible up here? Let's get to the Book of Genesis. Verse thirteen it says Noah was now six hundred and one years old. That's an old man. 601 years old, on the first day of the new year, 10 and a half months after the flood began, the flooding lasted 10 and a half months. I've, I've lived through communities that have been flooded. And uh, in fact, we, we moved from one church to another church the day it began raining once in, in the year 2006. And when we moved into the new parsonage uh, where we were living, there was 24 inches of water in the basement of our new house. And uh, welcome to Vestal Center, New York. <laughs> that was our welcome there. And that community had devastating flooding, and my sister's home even was, was flooded about four feet uh, up on the first level of her home in the town that she lived in. And we helped get through that. So I've seen that kind of devastation of that kind of flooding. Ten and a half months it lasted, and the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. If you've ever been in a, in a home that's been flooded, you know that, uh, that that water that's coming in there is not clean like your tap water. It's got silt, dirt, all kinds of things in it, and whatever's in that water when it gets in your home settles into the home. And, and when it begins, when the water drains and that dirt begins to dry out, it is slimy, slippery, dangerous Ugly, And it just absolutely destroys everything. And so Jonah looked out and he saw the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. And Noah lift up, lifted up the covering of the boat and saw the surface of the ground was drying, but it wasn't dry. So he waited two more months and at last the earth was dry. Verse 15 says, Then God said to Noah, Leave the boat, all of you and you and your wife and your sons and your wives, release all the animals, the birds, the livestock and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. We've got to start over again. So get out of the boat. So Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives left the boat and all the large and small animals of the bird came out and then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And there he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and birds he had that had been approved for that purpose. So God, I don't know if you know, earlier in the story, God said, take some extra, you know, two by two, they should enter the ark. But some of these things, there were extras and apparently there were extras so that Noah could could uh, worship God Later. And it says, and the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice. And God said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil. From childhood. And I will never again destroy all living things as long as the earth remains. There will be planting And harvest cold and heat summer and winter night and day Two observations just from this scripture quickly. One is that when Noah got out of this experience, he worshiped God amidst all the devastation that Noah saw in that he got out and he still worshiped God. And God was pleased in in the worship. And and it's almost as if there's a I don't want to say that Noah caused God's happiness and pleasure and Noah caused it. But there is kind of implicit this cause and effect that when we are able to come out of devastating experiences and we still can praise and worship God. God is going to do something powerful and long-lasting in our lives. Don't run away from the opportunity of God to do something powerful and long-lasting through the difficult time that you face. Stick with it and stick with God Worship God, thank God, praise God for it, because God does love you. God has hope for us all. God has hope for humanity. And the second thing is that we need to see in this passage is that God also understands humanity. And he says, because he says, I will never curse the ground because of the because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood. Now, it doesn't take parents long to figure out that here comes my child right here. I'm, I'm raising my child, but this child is disobeying me. My child is not following my instructions. My child has a will of his or her own. And that's where that that's where that conflict comes from. Am I going to do what God wants me to do or am I going to live my life the way that I want to do it? I want this. And and God has created us with this free will. And, And until we're able to get that in line with God's will for us, there's always going to be a constant fight between my will and God's will. And we've got to surrender ourselves to God's will so that it gets in line with that. And we're going to. We're going to celebrate baptism this morning and and we've got the Carlini family here this morning and uh, their two daughters are going to be baptized. And what one of the things and they're 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 young, beautiful young girls and they don't fully understand what it means to follow Christ, except that God does love them and they're being raised in a family. And it's right for us to recognize that even as children, God is saying to them. I love you and I am with you even when you don't understand that I am with you. That's why we in this church recognize God's grace being poured upon people even before those people recognize that God is with them. And so as as uh, Meadow and Harley grow up in their lives, we're praying for them as a community and saying, God, we want you to be manifest in their lives in every way and we celebrate that with you so we're glad to be celebrating that today because even though god knows that our uh, our all all that we as human beings think and imagine has has the inclination to go towards evil but by god's grace that gets changed because god is bringing change to us and finally Verse 22 says, as long as the earth remains, do you hear that? As long as the earth remains, that means for all time, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting, putting in the ground, and then there will be harvest taking out. He says there will be cold and there will be heat. There will be summer and there will be winter. There will be day and there will be night. As long as the earth is here, change is going to be part of life. And humanity didn't need just a little tweaking. Humanity needed a drastic change. And God knew that. And God is part of this. This is an extreme makeover that that Noah, I keep wanting to say Jonah, that Noah is part of. Humanity didn't need a little tweaking Everything about humanity needed to change, and that's true about our lives too. We have to surrender ourselves, and everything in our lives needs to change. Genesis chapter six. Now I'm backing up to where I went five, five through eight. It says it clearly. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and He saw that everything they saw, thought or imagined was consistently. And totally evil. So the Lord was sorry He had ever made them and put them on earth. It broke His heart. We all know what it's like to have a broken heart if we've lived much of life. Even our children, we can see when our children experience a broken heart. It breaks the parents' hearts when our children's hearts are broken. We know what that feels like. God's heart for humanity was broken because of the evil and the wickedness that humanity had done. And we all do it. Change is necessary for life. And failure to change our course is a pathway toward death. Imagine the consequences of humanity if Noah did not listen to God and he refused to build the ark. The entirety of humanity would have been destroyed. We don't know what God would have done after that because we're human and God created us. Imagine if Noah did follow God's instruction. He built the ark, but he didn't follow God's instruction to get out of the ark. And when Noah looked over the edge of that boat, he said, no, it's too slippery and slimy down there. I'm not going out there. Then he looked over again and they saw that it had dried up and he sent out the dove and the dove came back. With an olive branch. And Noah said, Ah, there's plants growing again. And then he sent the dove out again. And the dove didn't come back. And so Noah knew that the dove had found a place to live. And it was safe for everybody to come out. But imagine if Noah had said, No, 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 no. We're nice and safe and secure inside our ark. It's a big boat. we got shelter. We've got family. We've got all kinds of animals. But if they had never left the ark they would have stagnated and died. And that's what, that's what our life is like if we don't embrace the changes that God is bringing to us and following them to new life. Change is necessary for life. And if we're not willing to change, we better be willing for things to dwindle and die. That's a powerful phrase. Think on that for a little bit. <laughs> Romans 3.23, let's jump to the New Testament now. Romans 3.23. It says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So I was preparing this message. I looked up, you know, the, 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 the idea of change is normal. I looked up a definition for normal. And in the first definition, there are several definitions there, but in the first one it says, a standard that is commonly accepted by culture. God's standard, God's culture is glorious. But we as human beings have turned away from that and we all have fallen short of God's glorious norm. And he's calling us back to it through his son, Jesus Christ. Romans, just three, three, three chapters later in the book of Romans, we read six Uh, Chapter six, verse twenty three. And it says, for the wages of sin is death. God's plan that was that we live forever. But we changed God's plan when we choose to sin. And that change leads to death. But God's change back restores us to life. And not taking God's change leads us to death. This change that Noah experienced came from the outside. And the change that comes into our lives needs to come from outside of ourselves. You know that phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Have you ever understood that? If I'm stuck in the mud and I'm wearing the bootstraps and I yank on my bootstraps, how in the world is that going to lift me out of the mud? (laughs) Because I'm still stuck in the mud. I need somebody else who's not in the mud to come and grab hold of my bootstraps and pull me up out of the mud, please. And so the help that we need in this world has to come from outside of us. And that's why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to us. Change needed to come from the outside. Noah himself was unable to bring the change to the world and God needed to intervene in this world in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 I'm sorry 1 Corinthians chapter 5 I'm sorry 2 Corinthians but just look at my notes I would get it right 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 through 17 chapter 5 and it's in the middle of the paragraph and the apostle Paul always He had great big, long thoughts and ideas. And as we translate that into the English, we have to we have to divide up these great big thoughts into paragraphs and sentences. And so we jump in the middle of his great big thought and he's saying something. But in verse 14, he starts out either way. Well, we could just start with this phrase. Christ's love controls us who have faith in Jesus. Christ's love controls us since we believe that Christ died for all. We also believe that we have all died to our old self, our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. Stop living your life for yourself That wasn't the purpose that God created you for. God created you to live for Christ, for others. Life is alone and miserable when you're living it for yourself. I just had a conversation after the message last night. I don't know how old he was. He was in college. And he's wrestling with that idea. I thought that I wanted to go this direction in life and I wanted to study this. But I realized I was just tracing, tracking, tracing. Is that the word I want? Looking for chasing. That's the word I want. (laughs) I was just chasing something that was empty because I thought that's what I wanted. And so I'm looking for what God wants for me and the purpose that God has for me. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for you. Christ was raised from the dead in order that you might have a purpose filled life living for him. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human standpoint, Paul says. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human's point of view and how differently we know him now. He says, what this means is that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is, the old life is gone and the new has begun. Praise God. That old life goes. Talk about Jesus. Jesus is the final Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark needed to come at that time in humanity. But just as that boat carried Noah and his the the human community and the animal kingdom so that it could be restored, sin eventually made its way because God knew that the human heart has that bent toward sinning. And so God said, I'm going to send Jesus, who was also laid in an ark as an infant. We call it a manger, also made of wood. And that manger carried the Savior of the world. And as he grew up, he was hung on a cross who carried him into death. But God raised Him back to life so that you and I can be transformed from the inside out. God's Spirit coming into us from outside ourselves, changing us. Thank you, Jesus, for the change that you bring to our lives. We need you, Jesus, to come into our lives. A wooden cross, a wooden ark saved human human, and human And animal kingdoms, a wooden manger, also an ark, carried the infant Jesus, God, incarnate to us. God put flesh on. That's what incarnate means. You eat chili con carne. Peppers with meat. (laughs) No beans, if you watch Sheldon Cooper. No beans. Chili, chili peppers, and meat, carne, to use the spatin, the spatin. The, the Spanish or that comes from the Latin word for flesh. God came and put on flesh. And a wooden cross carried our Savior who died for us instead of requiring us to die for our own sins. Jesus died for us. Trust in Jesus. We need to be changed from the outside. Jesus Who sends his Holy Spirit to cleanse and make us holy so that we can die to ourselves and live again through Christ. Let me ask some questions as we move towards uh, celebrating baptism for uh, Meadow and Harley. What about your life is not working as you planned? It should work. Have you asked God to change you from the inside Are you living a new life in Jesus? Are you living a new life? The old is gone. The new has come. Every day I wake up, Lord Jesus, I may not have lost my salvation. I still am saved, but I need to surrender myself daily and sometimes every moment of every day. As I become aware, Lord Jesus, make that change in my life, make that change in my tongue, make that change in my head, the thoughts that I have. Take out the evil thoughts place, replace them with your good and holy and pure thoughts. Help me as as a leader. Help me as as the boss of of the staff. Help me as a husband, God, be to my wife to make her, as the Bible says, pure and holy. It is my job as a husband to. To, the Bible says to, to to make my wife pure and holy and presentable to the Lord. Oh, Jesus, how do I do that? But Lord, help me love my wife as you love me. That's my job as a husband and as a father and as a co-worker. Whatever it is, Lord Jesus, I need you. Are you living a new life in Jesus as changes come to us? Every day, Some of the changes, we know they're coming, and God can help us prepare for those. Other changes, we have absolutely no idea what's going to happen in the next moment. Lord Jesus, we need you to help us deal with these changes. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us and being with us. As we consider your word, as we consider what you are doing today. We give ourselves to you. Help us to confess our sins to you. Help us to say, Jesus, I need you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to move over here to the the bowl. I'm going to ask the Carlini family if you will come and join me uh, because the children are coming close. Can you still hear me? I think we got that all right. Uh, I'm going to ask the family to come on up here. Carol family, what did you decide? Are you gonna come and help me? <laughs> I thought I would ask uh, the Carol family, but they're a little bit nervous about what I asked them to do and didn't prepare them. But we got, we have Harley, uh, Carlini, and Meadow Carlini, right? I got your names correct. And Penny and Greg are here today, and they come with us. I'm gonna grab my notes. Just so that I can do this. And if you're watching online, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a little bit uh, of response that I'm going to ask the congregation. Thank you for coming and help. Thank you. She wanted to help out? Wouldn't come without. Well, that's okay. That's okay. It's alright. And, uh, Chrissy and Catherine are here and I asked Catherine to come and help. Through the sacred act of baptism, we acknowledge the saving grace of God through, through, uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. This saving grace is God's gift offered to us without price. And through baptism, it is an identification, just like mom and dad gave names to, to Meadow and to Harley. This is an identification that these young girls are part of this family. And just as you guys do not withhold Physical nurture from these children, you're not withholding spiritual food from them also. And this grace, this act of God coming to us through this sacrament, is part of God pouring His grace into the family's lives and into these lives. And the water expresses that by our faith in Jesus, our sins are washed away and our hearts are made clean. And it serves as a sign that we have entered the covenant community of faith. Through Jesus Christ. They're part of not just this family, but the church family here and worldwide. And as they grow and understand this, obviously they're going to come one day and make the choice for themselves to take on the promises that the parents make for them on on this day. As the family, so Meadow and Harley are presented by their parents, Penny and Greg, to receive holy baptism. As the family of God, we recognize God's love at work in their lives and we anticipate the day when Meadow and Harley, having matured, will respond to the grace of God, accept Jesus Christ as their own Savior and Lord and pledge himself to live a life as a faithful follower of Jesus. This is what I would like you to do with me, Catherine. Can you come? We're going to pour the water into the bowl together. Can you put your hand on the pitcher with me, and we're going to pour the water into the pitcher? Okay? There we go. Into the bowl. Woo-hoo, the whole thing. All righty. Now I would like you to, I would like you to pray with me, and you can touch the water. It's kind of warm, and we're going to say a prayer. Heavenly Father. We ask you now to look with love upon your church and unseal for it the fountain of baptism. By the power of your Holy Spirit, bless this gift of water and those who receive it. We trust that in this sacrament, your Holy Spirit will protect and guide Harley and Meadow to the moment when they put their trust in Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Catherine i go back and stand with you. Mom, want to wipe your t- hand off on the towel. There's a towel right there. I've <laughs> got a couple of questions for Mom and Dad and girls too. Mom and Dad, Meadow and Harley, do you recognize, do you admit that you have at times disobeyed Mom and Dad? Oh, what a horrible thing to say. We all sin. And do you recognize the reality of, of sin and disobeying God? And do you admit that Jesus loves you and Jesus forgives you and that you want to believe and behave as Jesus teaches us? If so, will you say, I do (laughs) as best I can? And here's a question to the congregation and the, the, the words that I'm asking you to repeat are going to be on the screen. Will you surround Meadow and Harley with a community of love and forgiveness as they grow in their trust of God? If you'll together read these words. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and love according to the example of Jesus Christ. We will surround Meadow and Harley with a community of love and forgiveness. We will pray they become true believers who walk in the way that leads to life. Amen. Okay, I think I'm done with the paperwork. Let's have you guys step a little bit closer here. That up there. Mom and Dad, you can step aside. We're gonna do we're gonna do Meadow first. Meadow, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mom and Dad, I'll ask you to lay your hands on me. Catherine. Let me invite, invite those of you out here if you want to join me in this prayer just to reach out your hand as if you're all placing your hands on me. Thank you. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for Meadow. We ask you, Jesus, to bless her as she grows and matures that she may become a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Harley, I baptize you in the name of the Father. <laughs> and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray for Harley. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Harley. We ask that as she grows and mature, you will bless her so that she becomes a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Jack told you we had a towel, but there's a towel for you. There you go. Put it around your shoulders like that thank you Thank you. some certificate for you God bless you all appreciate you you can be seated let me invite you all God bless them let me invite you all as the praise team comes and leads us in this final song let me remind you of the questions that I asked A few minutes ago, and if you desire to come and kneel at the platform area just to have a conversation with God, of course, you can have it in your home and at at your tables. But let's take a time and, and pray to God as we sing together our closing song. Will you lead us, please?
4: Families and their families and their children and their children and their children. Be a
1: slave, be a father, and a thousand generations, and their families and their children and their children.
0: There's power in the amen because that says you agree with the word of god what god says and god blesses that when you honor god god will honor you and i don't know about the rest of you but i'm glad that the lord said unto me let us go to the house of the lord and whether you're here in person or on the internet or, or on your phones you are in god's presence his omnipotent presence for his spirit is everywhere. And in his presence, the Bible says, his fullness of joy. Do you feel joy? I feel joy right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. In his presence, is fullness of joy. Take that joy throughout the world, wherever you go this week, my brothers and sisters. I assure you, you'll be more powerful. You'll be more at peace. You'll feel more loving you because you started the week off in the august, mighty, personified presence of God. God bless you. Be a light unto the world. Let them see the presence of God in your smile, in your face. Well, maybe not your smile, but <laughs> give them a thumbs up or a cyber hug, okay? God bless you all. Be blessed.
1: Be a slave. Be a part.